Welcome everybody to the Lonely Tardis, your journey through Time Lords and space where eh, three, sometimes four companions get together and talk all things Doctor Who, unless you don't want to talk about Doctor Who. I mean, we always love talking about Doctor Who, but there isn't anything to talk about this week. But it does have a time travel component. Exactly, Mark. Grand consistency. Brand consistency. We're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. I'm Dolly Domofsky. Wow. Dolly Domofsky. Not Dolly Domofsky. Dolly Domofsky. Joining me as usual, Marcus Beer. Hello. Sean Norton. <clears throat> Hello. Your experts in time travel here once again to talk to you about time travel. Next week, Quantum Leap. Ooh. Oh, man. We should... <laughs> no joke. That would be fun to cover a different time travel show each week while we're waiting for Doctor Who to come back. I've never watched Quantum Leap. Or maybe after, not in a long time. After the first couple of episodes, you didn't really miss much. All right. Mm. All right. Uh, Steven is unable to join us. He is D&Ding this week. But I figured um, last year we had a fun, successful Infinity War podcast. We did? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. And so Was I on do- it? Yes, you were. Okay. And so let's do the uh, the other half, the Avengers Endgame podcast. I said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> you guys forgot. It's those damn time stones. It must it's, be the time stones. It's been yes. a long year. They're like kidney stones, but for time. Altered a timeline. Just giving know. everybody a heads up. Spoilers galore on this. So if you don't want to hear any Avengers Endgame spoilers, including the ones we've off. already given, including the ones people, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Hang up now. Delete this podcast or save it for later until after you've seen Avengers Endgame. Because we're going to dive into uh, dive into some spoiler territory starting in three, two, you've been warned, one. Okay, now we can say whatever we want about Avengers Endgame. It's amazing. Thanos they wins. Killed off, they killed off Batman. Thanos wins. Thanos wins. He kind of does in a weird way. He jumps into Knight Rider's car and drives off into the sunset with a finger up. That would be fantastic, actually. <laughs> wow. Um, we, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Before you get going, Dali, and this is, this is oh, something yeah, Sean just pointed out to me. I'm reading young Stephen's yeah. thoughts, and Jesus Christ, on a bike, he's tra- channeling me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've been a bad influence on this guy growing up. And now that he's like a full-time employed adult, like we've just turned him into more cynical us. Yeah, I, I think I should be the one to read his notes so people can they would actually I think, think it's so, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to just dive into some just quick general thoughts if we liked or didn't like the movie and then go into these details? Let's just do that. Let's kind of go into the did we I like, like that, or I not. Like that. Dali makes a suggestion and then basically says – Tells us how it's going to be. Yeah, I know he's such a Captain America. <laughs> nice, such a Captain America. Yeah, America's ass, guys. I have America's <laughs> ass. Uh, did you guys like Avengers Endgame? I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it twice, haven't you, Marcus? Uh, yes, I have, and um, very much enjoyed it. It's the first time. Three hours whizzed by mm-hmm. without a whiz, in fact. Uh, but I did afterwards. Thank God for no end credits. Can you imagine sitting through oh, all God. those credits uh, to see something else and with a full bladder? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched it the second time, and I still really enjoyed it. I watched it with my good lady wife. Nice. I've n- I turned into such a nerd. She cried at the end. Yeah, she cried. Oh, I cried. <laughs> I cried. I cried a little on 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 Friday when I saw it because there was okay. obviously a couple of touching scenes that we'll yes. talk about. Um, 
I will say that my second viewing raised more questions mm-hmm. yep. that, that I have. But um, on the whole, um, I will say here and now that if uh, Disney see fit to release a box set of Infinity War and Endgame, that's the full uncut Russo, uh, um, Russo Brothers versions that uh, is like a nine-hour movie, I'm fucking buying it. Mm-hmm. And I will sit there and I'll wet myself. If well, no, I can pause the DVD. That's grub blue. <laughs> so I have to pee myself. But yeah, I would. I would actually that. love to see what didn't make it. I really would, because uh, yeah, I think they put together a really great ending to the twenty-two movie arc um, over eleven years. I am. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I really enjoyed this film. I. It it's difficult to top Infinity War. I, I like Infinity War, probably my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Um, uh, at least in this saga, it was yeah. so good. It, it was that I I never felt like anything was going to be as good. And I thought this was going to. I went in thinking this is going to be a really good, fun movie. Um, I'm hoping that it's not bad, and I'm hoping that things get resolved and. Um, and we're ready for whatever the next 10 years of Marvel is going to be. And that's exactly what, what I got. So I was completely satisfied, more than satisfied in some of the areas, less than satisfied in other, but overall, uh, I very much enjoyed it. I saw it twice as well. Saw it yesterday. I'm going again tomorrow with my beautiful wife. She sat down and we watched Infinity War last week and she got really into it. I think she, she watched it because of all the conversation around Endgame and the spoilers that were leaking, and she wanted to be a part of the conversation. And so um, instead of just telling her what happened, I said, sit down and watch Infinity War, and then we'll go see the film. And she was all for it. So we're going to go see the film for the third time tomorrow. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, right. I've seen it twice now. I saw it again. I saw it opening night at 6 o'clock. Um, yep. First batch tickets I can get when all the websites started working again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Saw it again Monday night and um, really liked it. You know, my fiance is a, is a fellow uh, geek like me. So we, she had seen all the movies for the most part. I think she missed like Dark World and Iron Man 2 or 3 or whatever. Um, but we rewatched leading. I, so I've seen Infinity War about a billion times since. Yeah, same here. Um, we rewatched Ragnarok last week and then. Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then Infinity War. So we were very, very primed for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It it's, was really, really, yeah. really, really good. Um, bef- before I jump into sort of the the whole Endgame thoughts by Stephen and, and getting in deeper territory, um, I found that the uh, a few folks asked me which Marvel movies should they watch to to understand this one. Ideally, you watch all of them, except for Hulk, because nobody actually cared about Incredible Hulk. Um, neither did Marvel. You watch all of them because it touches on essentially something from every single uh, every single film. There's so um, many callbacks. So many callbacks. <clears throat> but the uh, uh, I think you, you named a couple. I mean, you named a few great ones with the Ragnarok. It's really just the the lead up to. Infinity War is what you should watch. Ragnarok, Ant-Man and Wasp, Civil War, I think, is a good one to watch as well. Yeah. I mean, I had made a list, I think, for my mm-hmm. colleagues or partner. Somebody wanted to know because his family had to get caught up and I yeah, we were talking about a lot of work. I think my must-watch list was Iron Man, the first Avengers. Yeah, first one you have to um, Winter Soldier. Two oh, Guardians. So, so great. 
And then uh, Civil, like Ultron isn't very good, but I thought it played a lot into like the overall Avengers timeline mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Civil War, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Ragnarok, Panther, Infinity War, and then Ant-Man and Captain Marvel. I think Captain America could be, having now seen Endgame, it might be more important, but I think you can still gather mm-hmm. enough from this movie and his sort of overall arc that you don't need to see the first Avengers. Um, Ant-Man 2 really kind of just ties in at the very end. So important, but people could totally just get a five-minute thing at that. And then the two Iron Man movies, and then Thor 1 and 2, and whatever, Incredible Hulk, I think. Right. You, know, you could skip those. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. What so a testament Jen- to a franchise that there's like, oh, God. of the 22, there's just so many that not only are they yeah. must-watch, but you, want, like, you, you enjoy watching them. Exactly. And, and maybe the best way to say it is if you had to watch if you had to watch any movie before this one, I mean, apart from Infinity War, you could just say, well, any of them. Yeah. If you watched any of them, those would all help feed right into Infinity War. Yes. So, okay. Let's dive into some of the main stuff. I, Marcus, do you want to read Steven's comments right here? Because I think it's actually a good launching point for the rest of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been read through them a few times. I don't know if I actually want to. I mean, he's really quite mean about this. Um, I expected a fuck off. I didn't expect, like, yeah. the entire thing to be a fuck off. I mean, I, well, yeah. Uh, okay, so this is his, his, his thoughts. I'm just going to read them as, um, as he presented them in the Google Doc. Um, Endgame ended the only way I think it could have. It's pretty nonsensical as a film. Instead, it's more like another three hours of fan service to acknowledge that, yes, we all watched the previous movies, and now this is the end of that chapter. It doesn't have much to say besides that it, ex- that it exists, and we know all know why. As fan service goes, though, it's pretty good. It looks nice, and it's certainly funny, although the Ant-Man stuff gets a little overbearing. Time travel is also a solid enough excuse to make the fan service part of the text instead of just subtext. So good on them there. Otherwise, I think we all could have guessed more or less where everything was leading. The dead characters were going to come back. We've got more movies and TV series with them to make. The classic characters were going to be written out one way or another. But knowing the end from the beginning doesn't make it any less enjoyable to see the journey there. The main exception, of course, the Black Widow and Hawkeye stuff. A whole side story devoted to the two least important characters in the whole shebang. If you're going to make movies that rely on character work made laid by previous movies, it helps the, the, when the characters you focus on actually had their own movies. Speaking of which, the big girl power she's got help moment at the end falls completely flat. Disney does not get credit for superficially lining up their action figures like that. Not when we went 36 movies before one with, uh, without a female lead uh, and all the women in this in this one, get killed off, disappear for three-fourths of the runtime, or were just love interests that got vaporized last year. Same goes for their big, insulting first queer character in the MCU reveal at the start. Next paragraph says, simply, fuck off. Anyway, movie Thanos is still a limp villain with lame motivations, uh, and Endgame doesn't do anything to give him real fangs. It's probably for the best that two and a half of the three hours were spent re-examining the characters that the MCU writers did care about instead. Given that this meant to be is meant to be closure for those characters, I'm glad this is where our time was spent uh, instead. And I'm sh- I'm sure I got some closure. I just wish it did anything to push past the series' past mistakes. Oh well. Who a lot to digest there. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, he he he's not happy. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's uh, he's me, Stephen Moffat level, not happy. Um, and I, I can see some of his points. I mean, obviously, I can see all his points because I'm looking at the sheet of paper. Um, huh. I will say the big girl power. She's got help moment. Um, when I watched it with my wife on Monday. Um, I looked at her, at her reaction as they said that, and she just did the jerk-off motion. Yeah. Um, the first time around in Infinity War, when she said she's not alone, and it was um, the, um, was it, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and um, Okoye? Yes. That was cool. This time, where it did fall flat for me, it fell flat for my wife. Didn't get any cheers or uh, anything uh, in in the theater, to be honest with you. And it was a very sort of like mixed uh, ratio crowd of men and women both times. Uh, whereas the first one actually got some cool some cool cheers. It almost felt like uh, there was a box to tick there, mm-hmm. and it was um, ticked, but nobody really give a shit. Um, and I think it it just felt more ham-fisted coming on the tails of the other one. I would like to have seen them perhaps. I mean, did they even have to do it? Because, I mean, let's face it, the, the the most powerful character in the MCU is a woman. Yeah. She yeah. just, you know, she just turned up and laid waste to the to Thanos' ship. So that I uh, I can see, you know, I, I agree with him. The big insulting first queer character in the MCU reveal at the start, um, I just thought it was, uh, you know, it it didn't even register with me as a, you know a, yeah. as a, a big deal. It just felt very natural, mm-hmm. um, just for me personally. Um, so, and I'm sure we, we can talk about the other stuff. I mean, look, I totally disagree on Black Widow and Hawkeye. I thought that their particular story. I mean, I I have had this. I mean, I mean, I have liked Hawkeye all the way through the mm-hmm. Avengers movies. Same here. Um, I think in Ultron, he was everybody thought he was going to die, um, and he he was the the only quasi normal member of the Avengers. He was almost like the you know he was like the uh, the heart of the Avengers. I mean, yes, you you've got Captain America, you have got Tony Stark, you got the Hulk, and they all get more screen time and blah 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 blah. But Clint Barton actually is very well played, very understated. Very underappreciated. And then, you know, Natasha Romanoff, I also think is, yeah, she doesn't have her own movie yet. That's coming out next year, which will be interesting to see if we get to see, you know, if mm-hmm. they actually find a way to bring her back. Or um, if it's a flashback film. Or if, yeah, if it's a flashback mm-hmm. film. Um, but it was actually, you know, it was emotional to watch her you know, has has sacrificed herself. And that, you know, I think that the banter between the two of them has been a high point of the Avengers series. Mm -hmm. They're like brother and sister. We obviously love each other to bits. They've been around since essentially the beginning of the Avengers, right? They were two of the first, like, two or three members of the core Avengers. Well, I mean, they were, were, you know, they were full-on shield Shield. members. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and and super spies and whatever. but yeah, I just thought. I mean, the you know the the joy on on uh, Clint Barton's face when he's in in space and he's like, you know, oh, I mean, he made the Budapest gag. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, that, that to me was actually one of the more grounding uh, pieces, which is, you know, very bizarre to say there's a grounding piece in a movie about time travel where you've got all these characters. But it felt really important to to see them have their moment. Uh, and I don't think it was wasted at all. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I love the... So first and foremost, I loved how the... That sort of cold opening with uh, Barton and his family. You find out uh, why he was not in Infinity War, right? There's, he's got the... Um, he sort of tagged and can't leave his home because he signed the deal after uh, uh, after Civil War and everything. And so he's um, he's not just not able to. So he has to stay uh, tied to his house. And I think that's that to me is great. And then his family disappears and and he loses it. He loses his mind. He you know obviously finds out everything that happens and he goes goes crazy. And the uh, um, how they lead up to that those first twenty minutes seem like a direct continuation of Infinity War with, you know, retirement Thanos is fantastic. I think retirement Thanos is a, is one of my favorite characters because he still carries this immense emotional baggage of collecting the Infinity Stones and what that meant to him. And, and Infinity War really made, Infinity War was the Thanos movie, right? And so it, it was... I think because they devoted so much time and, and character development to Thanos, it felt so good. And this was the continuation of that. And he gets killed in the first 20 minutes of the film. And you're left thinking, wow, this is, this is insane. This is, they've killed the main bad guy. This is wild. And at that point, things start to deteriorate for me. Um, I did like that five year into the future uh, look. Um, you know, the, the flash forward. I like that the Avengers are in shambles and it's <clears throat> essentially, you know, the remaining heroes are kind of helping out here and there wherever they can. Uh, and N Natasha is still just destroyed in, you know, internally because she hasn't been able to find Barton. I thought that I, there was some real emotion there. I, I mean, you feel for, you feel for uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. That she has a really good job of selling being distraught and being like the leader of the Avengers, essentially, right? She's the only person who actually seems to care, even though um, Cap is uh, hosting these sessions. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in and join you there. When she yeah. is, um, when she's having that, you know, Skype conference, if you will, yeah. the super awesome Skype conference, space Skype. Um, yeah, you just see that look on her face afterwards when she thinks everybody's gone, and then she's mm -hmm. talking to Brody. And yeah, um, I did read a review that said that all the actors brought their A-game and saved their best for last, and her in particular. I thought she did. You know, Scarlett Johansson was absolutely great. She really did just do, uh, do such a good job. This was so, her, her best yeah. role, I think, in the MCU so far, in yeah, my opinion. she yeah. looked exhausted, and she yeah. looked like, you know, uh, she, I mean, it, it was almost as if, uh, you know, like, there was no makeup. There was no everything. Where her hair was bedraggled, but it's not just the physical, the, the the physical stuff. It was just she gave the impression that she, you know, Natasha was drained mm -hmm. and was having this crappy peanut butter sandwich because there's, you know, she's not phoning it in. She's devoting all her energy mm -hmm. to managing what's left of the Avengers all around the universe. But she just, yeah, she just wrecked. Yep. 
You know, and I think it's after this that the movie starts to, I don't want to say fall apart, but it doesn't carry that emotional weight anymore. Um, and I mostly link it to uh, New Thanos, who throws away every bit of baggage that he achieved over those last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. And, uh, and just becomes a very stereotypical movie, movie, bad guy, Marvel villain type of thing. Um, and so I didn't feel that, that in Thanos this time, like I did in infinity war. And so I, I, I sort of understand, I definitely understand, uh, what, um, uh, what Steven's saying about a movie Thanos is, is still a limp, limp villain. Although he had, I think his motivations were explained so well in Infinity War that, uh, you know, the Thanos that dies at the very beginning of this film wants to die. He's ready to die. It's over for him. And the Thanos that's reborn is the sort of limp, typical, well, typical you, villain. And look, you look at the, uh, the Thanos, for, uh, the, the Thanos uh, from, you know, the... Yeah. the the second half of the movie, or the second two thirds of the movie, yep. it's a Thanos that's ten years younger. Yep, it's a Thanos that hasn't done what it's he's set out to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I don't think there's enough screen time to really up yeah. Yeah. that particular, you know, his particular um, motivation because we know his motivation. Like you said, we've had it described so well in Infinity War. Yes, where you know he we we don't need to hear it again. I mean, you know, and as for his motivation in general, he's he's called Thanos the Mad Titan, not Thanos the uh, gregarious and slightly loopy Titan. I mean, he is this is a guy who, when we first see him appear, after you know, as the 2012 Thanos, what's he doing? He's wiping blood off his huge bladed weapon. Mm-hmm. Um. So casually that it's, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show that he's, you know, his he's still an absolute lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, as I said last year, unfortunately, he's a lunatic. You know, he could have been so much better with regards to just if yeah. he just said, you know, we're only going to send away the assholes. Everybody would vote for Thanos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um. Sean's been very quiet. Yeah, I was going to say, Sean, how do you feel about Thanos in this film? Well, just waiting to get a word in. You guys have been... Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Not at all. You're, you're on a roll. I'm not going to interrupt. What are um, you going to do, Father? I'm going to wait. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. First, on the, the um, group up of the female heroes, it seems to be a bit divisive for some people. Um, like you were saying, Marcus, you and your wife... Um, for me, you know, when I turned and looked at Val and she was essentially crying, uh, she felt it was a very powerful moment. It was, it was really, really important to her as a viewer and as a fan and as a woman. And my second viewing, when I went alone, I was actually the people in front of me, there were teenagers and then there was a man and his wife next to me. And they both had very similar reactions, both of those groups. So I've read online similar feelings that you and Steve and everybody had about being forced, a little bit forced and this, that, whatever. Um, but I do, I enjoyed it. I, and I do think it means a lot to a fair amount of people um, to, to see that called out on the screen. Debatable if it's forced, absolutely. But for what it was and what it represented and and to sort of close out this arc in a way that 
admittedly they've done a you know they could have done a lot better job with female leads and, and stories but mm-hmm. I, I felt like doing that now and then setting the stage that they've been doing with captain marvel and 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 things that are coming um i don't know i i thought it was a i thought it was much 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 better to see it happen than to not see it at all and i thought it was a really really cool moment um because we've I gotten said, 20 movies of, of male-led situations you know i am so, not disagreeing with you there mate I'm not disagreeing with you, but it was so much. It done so much better in Infinity War. It actually felt like something in Infinity War. Um, this time is like, oh, you know, we're we're, we're basically blockers mm-hmm. while she tries to get in the end zone, and that's it. And that's the problem. It was, it was the the, the line. You see all the all the women line up, and that's it. It's gone. The in Infinity War, you had the battle of these three amazing female characters who kicked ass, kicked the ass of somebody who just kicked Vision's ass and was an absolute, you know, beast of a, uh, you know, of a character. And I just think it, it could, it could have been done so much better. It really could have been. Um, and I think that, that, that it just felt forced. And I think, you know, it did nobody any, uh, uh, so I could see the benefits Absolutely, but it did feel it just felt a little forced. And like I said, my wife looked at it and she she felt it was forced the first time around. She smiled for the uh, for the Infinity War one, um, and I would have liked to have. I mean, maybe it's just they had to cram so many characters in. I mean, it's like, all right, let's get the group Photoshop with a, a shoot with the ladies. We have all these contracts to fulfill. Well, it's tough too. I mean, you've got you've got a two dozen plus heroes fighting it out. They all fight together in the beginning, then they branch off, they group up, they show up too. I I get it. I absolutely see both sides of it. I'm just saying, I think for for those who felt that way, there's that other end of the spectrum who who really loved it and appreciated it and and felt it was very powerful. So what was as, um, what as was for me, I enjoyed it. So no, um, what were we else? Did we talk about Thanos, right? And I, <laughs> I'm not going to touch on. I've seen a lot of the divisive like super fired up comments about that whole you know first gay character in the mcu and then the meeting and whatever i'm not going to touch on that that very clearly people on all sides feel very strongly about that um but in terms of thanos i've never really (laughs) i've never really agreed with the folks who thought he was too one note in the first place or who questioned the motivations or whatever I, i feel like a lot of people miss the fact that this is just such a genocidal alien zealot who's so far down his own mental rabbit hole that he thinks everything he does is right and justified, and he thinks his way is the only way, which is which is just a, is just a space terrorist to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never really appre- like. I, I feel like too many people kind of missed that and and wanted some quote unquote deeper, more complex, more blah 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 villain stuff. And that was never the point. Like the point was always to show that this this was a very very intelligent yet very very warped mind. And could he have been something different? Yes, but he was so convinced of his own um, self righteousness and so far down his own path that nothing was going to persuade him otherwise. And he didn't care. He didn't care how many people were going to die. And I've always appreciated that about Infinity War. And I actually really really liked the juxtaposition in the writing of showing this character at the beginning of the movie who was resigned to his fate. Um, yep. versus the rash and like Marcus was saying essentially immature 10 years younger version of him that had or five years I guess because of the snap um, who had not gone through the hunt for the stones who had not gotten the stones who had not seen failure and success and all this other shit 
and was just this this arrogant like pompous idiot. I, yeah, um, yeah. And I thought the movie did a really good like really good job. And props to Brolin and the direction and everything else. Like it, it really did feel like two versions of the same character, um, two massively different versions in some ways. And like you were saying, when he comes in and he, he wipes the blade with the blood or whatever, this is still the guy who in his youth without the stones is going around culling planets on his own mm-hmm. and doing to other people what he did to Gamora's people and everything else. Like he's a, he's a fucking psychopath. So that, that's, that picks up right before Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. moment. So he's still this sort of more of a lunatic, psycho, you know, psychopath rather than utilize rather than you know he was looking for the stones for power at this point and not necessarily i mean he had his plan all along but he was he was more looking at the the, sort of the power aspect of that and i think it was in that five-year time span a lot had happened to him like the avengers happened to him right with everything that happened around the galaxy people put up a fight about these stones uh and so i think a lot of that maybe helped um, adjust his character in his hunt for the stones, not going through that hunt for the stones. Uh, it's almost like uh, the hunt for the stones sort of caged the animal a little bit and, and focused him not going through that hunt. Let him be this brash uh, evil, you know, obviously he's still evil, but this brash um, shoot from the hip type of guy. So uh, I will, um, I feel like there's even a line about like from him basically saying that the arrogant never see it coming or yeah, the overcom- yeah. whatever he says when he's talking to I think Nebula or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and of course that winds up being his downfall anyway. Yeah. He's just yeah. so cocky and such a <laughs> such an ass that um, that winds up being his undoing anyway. What are yeah. you doing? You could go. You could go get the the glove. You can go get the stones right now. What are you doing? I'm just gonna sit here and wait. Yeah. And then I'm going to soliloquy at them, and then He's I'm going to be way more answer. arrogant in this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I love that. I, I love it. I know you said the movie kind of falters a little bit after that, but I actually mm-hmm. really, really liked what they did with that version of, of him and time travel and everything. So yeah, I, said, I, I, I saw the logic in what he said. I mean, basically, he was there to attract the attention while um, Karen Gillan went off and found the glove. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he was there to take the pounding or whatever. And he also had a score to settle because yes, this is the guy. I mean, when we first see this, you know, younger Thanos, it's directly after Avengers. Mm -hmm. Avengers has just happened. And that's when, that's when he knows what it's so fresh in their mind because the battle of New York has just happened and it's been a defeat. And then guardians kicks in right after Avengers and, you know, and all, uh, and all. I mean, the timeline, timeline's convoluted at best and all over the f- friggin' shop. I mean, you do need a, It's always been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need a, you need a mental degree to really get it. Um, but... What did you, what did you guys think about the whole time travel bit? <clears throat> the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Avengers Greatest Hits album. Well, I think, so I enjoyed it and it <laughs> it drove me crazy because it took me a while to work it out because I think the movie does its best to explain it, but it, it, it all happens at such a breakneck speed that a lot of it kind of gets lost in the shovel and then you wind up walking away with only one or two key lessons and then you need either multiple viewings or like to go on and talk to other people to make sure, at least I did, to make sure you've got it sorted out. And I think a lot of people are still confused about it and kind of confused about how it all works and what happened. And for those that are, it's actually relatively simple. This doesn't do 
the time travel that we're used to where if you change mm-hmm. the past, it changes your future. This does the time travel where anything you do the second you go back, your future is going to remain unchanged no matter what. But you're creating alternate timelines or alternate realities for every change you make. And now because of that and because of the stuff that was hinted at in Doctor Strange or whatever else, we now know for a fact that there are – the multiverse theory is true and there are other versions of the MCU out there, some without um, – the Infinity Stones, some where Loki got away, which I'm pretty sure is going to be the new TV show that Disney's making. Um, Some where Steve Rogers went back and probably changed a whole bunch of bad shit, which caused like a crazy, crazy cascading effect, which then probably also spurned off other, or spun off other alternate realities. And I love it. Like the WandaVision show. Yeah, Yeah. whatever that's going to be. Apparently it's set in the 60s. Really? Interesting. So that is going to be, you know, because uh, they did the the uh, um, a, bo- a vision book where it was yeah. him and his, a wife and kids uh, trying yeah. to live in domestic bliss. But yeah, so now people are postulating that this is going to be set in the 50s and 60s. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting. But I'm guessing... This is where the, yeah, the multiverse, obviously, as you said, does, uh, does come in. And this ties into, oddly enough, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, where they link all these different you know, universes sure. together, right? And so sure. there are <clears> – and I think the Russos actually just had a, um, uh, a press event recently where they brought up Captain America doing this, right? Because at the end of this film, Cap is back, but he's – you know, how many years older, 80 years older, whatever he is, 60 years older. And, but he's back. But at the same time, how could he be back in this spot if he went back in time and replaced the stones, which means certain things did and didn't take place the same way? Well, so there is the, the, the Russos essentially said that, uh, Cap essentially dimension hopped, he multiverse hopped. Yep. And so when we see him, um, at that point, he's he had been hopping on to the multiverse, potentially. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. And it opens up so many ideas for where Marvel could go with uh, you know with the future of um with the future of the MCU. But the especially funny, yeah. The, the sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. The funny thing about that is I spent the whole weekend explaining to people how it could have totally been our timeline, where yeah. after he just put the stones back, we never find out throughout the entire series of movies who her husband was right it's just an unmentioned yep. unidentified guy and so i explained to everybody how it totally could have just been cap laying low and never telling anybody who he was and sort of letting things play out and whatever and then he just shows up on the bench um but then the fucking russos are like nah he, he dimension hopped so it's fine <laughs> and it's like well god damn it <laughs> yeah fine yep. fine um which is I'm good too because then you yeah. kind of if he didn't then you kind of really open yourself up to like really out of character stuff for him um it's hard to believe he would just stop fighting in the past and let all the crazy shit happen like hydra infiltrating shield and bucky becoming the winter soldier and everything by the way how amazing was that moment where he leans in and says hail hydra which is a direct direct callback to the comics the captain america comics recently where it's a callback to the comics um which Whatever, that's a whole yeah. other episode. Yeah. Um, but it was also, I don't know about you, I thought that they were going to fight again. It was yeah. recreate yeah. the best, one of the best fights. Yeah. 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 And then they completely turned it on its head, which was great. So good. God, it's the so movie good. was great. It was so much fun. I, um, I, as much as, uh, you know, it, it, it can be very easy to pick this apart and, and find its failings. But I think in general, it was a terrific bow, you know, 
tying a bow on the present that has been the MCU over these last 11 years. Even that the, the Stan Lee moment was fantastic. And I yeah. think he had film, his last film scene that he filmed is going to be in, in the next Spider-Man film. And then that's it. But um, Oh, really? I thought it yeah. was this one. No, I thought it was Spider-Man as well because that was oh, filmed good. while he was still alive. I believe, yeah. And so that would be great. But uh, it was great to see him. I love that the title card intro was just the surviving Avengers from the, um, you know, from the, the uh, that survived the snap. And then the, and we'll, we'll just dive into the end scene right now with Tony Stark. Uh, I, I thought it was fantastic that the Tony Stark funeral, by the way, is great that he shouted out, you know, um, I am Iron Man as kind of his last major, his last major line, which kicked off the MCU. Um, I love that during that funeral, it was essentially the title card playing out with all the characters and, you know, shifting through. So it was a really great way to talk to the, uh, um, you know, talk to the, the film. So. I, I'm trying not to speak too loud because my wife hasn't seen the movie yet and she's moving around the house here. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, um, I thought that we'd get Tony going off into retirement yeah, with yeah, the kid. Yeah. Um, it, it, he, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has been the, he has been, been like the one constant, you know, he was there at the beginning, there at the end of phase three. Um, it did bring a tear to my eye because it looked mm -hmm. like Tony was finally happy. And he, you know, it was almost that he made the rod for his own back by saying, Oh, we bring everybody, you know, when Hulk does the snap, we bring everybody back to now. We don't change a thing. And if that snap had been, we go back five years in the, in the movie universe and restore everybody. And Thanos doesn't get to do you know, uh, do what he did. He wouldn't have his daughter, but he would be alive because everything else wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, it was re really a he you know, a hell of a sacrifice. The cheeseburger line with Happy was also really, oh, just so really good, really good, oh, so touching, so touching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it made me want a cheeseburger. Actually, the 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 the, the taco scene with with Ant Man also made me want tacos. And and look, I'm going to talk. Uh, I, if I can talk about Ant Man for yes, a minute please, and please. go back to what Sean had to say. I mean, I love Paul Rudd. I really do. In the, uh, in this movie and in in the other movies, I mean, he brings a different version of Scott Lang mm -hmm. than the comic books. Yes, it is a little more cartoony or comic if you will funny you know um because that's how some people deal with overwhelming odds and i thought that the fact that you know he's the guy who provided the key to getting all this done it's great it's so cool yeah um, a mouse a mouse saved the universe yeah and then the you know the, the whole time travel explanation scene mm-hmm where it's like, oh, <laughs> Back to the Future, hot tub time machine. I mean, <laughs> Back to the Future is just bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping against hope that they would say Doctor Who. Mm. I really was because I'm biased. Yeah, um, we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that, I thought it was explained pretty well. I mean, once once Bruce explained it, and by the way, big fan of Brainy Hulk. Yeah, are you? 
I'm a big fan of Brady Hulk just because yeah, again the, the comedy it brought, it brought in, uh, especially when they'd gone back to um, <laughs> yeah, New York, and it's like Hulk, Hulk smash, and he's like, he, you know, he has a conscience now. He, you know, he, yes, he's going to get angry and beat the crap out of something if he has to, even though we don't really see him fight in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole uh, boom, throw a bike, uh, uh that was actually really quite funny because it, it really does open up a whole new trajectory for for the Hulk, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see if we see him back. I know we're not going to get a Hulk movie because we still got this Paramount yeah. Studios bullshit, yeah. or is it Universal? I can never remember who's got the. I think Universal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those rights are still dicking around, but I gotta say. Um, I, I, I loved, you know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk in uh, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I would love to see... And I'm spacing on the actor's name. Well, um, who played the Hulk? The Hulk? What's his name? Ruffalo? Ruffalo's Ruffalo. got one more... I yeah. already got uh, one more film in his contract. So. Yeah, I would love to see him in uh, something else. You know, maybe, maybe it's Doctor Strange or something. I don't know. But I think this this interesting version of the Hulk, you know, is very, is very cool. I mean, yeah, that, that, uh, that scene in the diner. Um, and if you want, you know, you want comic uh, awkwardness. I mean, yeah, he's like, listen to your mom. She knows better. Uh, and then um, the, the dab thing and the fact that they're still doing the dab five years from now is terrifying. <laughs> um, and then the Ant-Man thing, or oh, do you want a picture with the, with the Ant-Man? That was really funny. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I, I, I think Ruffalo has done so yeah. well. I mean, I really liked Ed Norton. No offense to um, the first Ruffalo. guy, the Australian. Uh, oh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. The pre MCU Hulk. Yeah, the, the, the Ang Lee one. Uh, I think he was unfortunately hamstrung by a script that was not, not, uh, not very sensible. But I thought Ed, Ed Norton was a great Bruce Banner. But Ruffalo from, from Avengers on. He's come in. He's made it his own. He was great in, uh, you know, just even in Avengers: Age of Ultron, we're all on the Quinjet after that first mission, and you know, it's like Thor status report on the Hulk's, uh, you know, um, the Hulk in in action. He says, "Yes, the the Valhalla is full of people with, you know, screaming his with his victims," and it's like, but mainly deltoid sprains and gout. <laughs> um, but again, just seeing Ruff- Ruffalo's face, I mean, he did uh, Ruffalo, uh, whatever his name, however you pronounce it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it just goes back to this was a diff. I wasn't expecting to see that brainy Hulk. I wasn't expecting to see that marriage of the two. And it makes total sense but as, as a follow on from Endgame after the Hulk got his ass, as, uh, from the uh, Infinity War, where the Hulk got his ass handed to him by Thanos and had PTSD. Mm-hmm. I, I do wish that they would have explained that just a little better because there was such a, you know, an internal battle for Banner in Infinity War that it just sort of disappears in this. I, I, I do wish there was something in there, but I, you know, I, I, that was, I think it was, it was fine. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I think it was fine. I did love Thor. Thor being absolutely broken and giving up. 
And that <laughs> finally, was fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that finally, guy we all lot. we can all cosplay as Thor this this uh, Halloween. <laughs> That's my, uh, my my director said the same thing as we're watching the movie. He's like, I can finally be Thor. Um, I've got the I look. I wish I've got I could grow beard. that beard. Yeah. I, I I already have the beard. I haven't shaved since Christmas, so I have the beard. I've got the stomach. Uh, I mean, that. obviously, I might have to wax a little and get some sort of tan. All I need is a blonde wig, and I am fat Thor. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nebula was fantastic. I think she. Um, uh, yeah, what a nice she, turn for her. Great turn. And I was I was actually speaking to listener, a fan of the show. Uh, Mike Zero on, on the Twitters. And he brought up a good point where he said that, um, you know, Nebula killed her past self. And that was sort of that metaphor for her getting rid of that evil, that dark side that, um, and showing that growth that she had over the span of these movies. I thought that was so, so well done. So well Great. Done. Yeah. I wish we had gotten a Hulk moment where he like hulked out, like where yeah. yes. his last movie, yeah. which I didn't have a problem with, but the, the last movie where he was kind of PTSD'd out and scared because he got his ass beat. And he's um, is he in the Hulkbuster in this in that final battle? No, um, no, no. You, he's got because he's injured. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, he he just used the Infinity Gauntlet, That's but right. you actually see him in the Hulkbuster uh, when they track down uh, yeah. Old Man Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I do wish we had gotten a little more Ragey Hulk. Um, I do love Professor Hulk, but I wish we had seen a little more of that side of him where. Um, he can use that strength besides like throwing a bench. Um, and I, I think there were a lot of people who thought that maybe not a lot, but there were people who thought that there was way too much fat Thor, uh, to which I could say, shut up, you're wrong. <laughs> um, and it's almost like they expected once he summoned the, the, the ax and the lightning that he would just magically lose his gut. Mm -hmm. Um, so shut up, you're wrong. And fat Thor was great and he should have been even more. So speaking of, uh, summoning things, me only or, um, and being worthy of the hammer. And oh Cap man, that yeah. whole scene! Oh that my scene, god! The theater. The first time I saw the theater, when I saw it on opening night, I mean, there was a good. Oh, there was a couple folks that you, you heard some audible whoops in the theater, so that was great. But when I and that was with adults at like a ten o'clock showing. Yesterday, I saw it in a theater with I think probably half the audience was was kids. They were screaming. They were so happy and excited that that moment happened. Screaming that Cap did that. And so it, it became like, it was otherworldly for these kids. I thought that was such a really cool, um, you know, like moments from Star Wars when we were younger. But this is what these kids are. These kids are having their, their uh, you know. Their I felt like a kid. I, and then we get to yeah. see Cap wielding yeah. the hammer. Yes. That's what I said. It was, that was the oh, main. Sorry. I, um, sorry, I was like. Uh, the, the bit I'm thinking of is when Thor, uh, um, Thor's got Molnir and, and that was yeah, is, this was Cap wielding it. And the people, yeah. lost, everyone lost their minds, and hearing the kids go crazy, I think was was really was really awesome. So I some great memorable. It was a lot of fan fiction, a lot of fan fiction in this film. But I'm well, I think fan service, fan service, not fan fiction. Fan I'm sorry, fan, fan fiction is scary. Right. <laughs> fan fiction is Fifty Shades of Thanos. Um, yeah. No, I was I was totally happy with fan service in this because it um it it's the end of this big uh universe and it's starting a potentially even bigger one, but I'm very curious to see how it all how it all ties well, together. We know we're getting Ask Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That's that that line Yes was great. I mean James Perfect. Gunn James Gunn has his work cut out for him now because <laughs> Hemsworth has already said that he had so much fun on Ragnarok he wants he's staying on. He will continue mm -hmm. to play Thor for as long as they want him. So yep. 
sticking him into Guardians of the Galaxy and that power dynamic Perfect. between him and Quill. Quill needs to or Quail. Um, Quail. Yeah. Quail tree rabbit. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, that that was great. I mean, uh, Valkyrie mm-hmm. and um, what she's going to do with New Asgard. That could be. Uh, I don't know if that could be a film, but I think that could definitely be a really good Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to start like so. Here's something that got got into my mind on the second showing. Oh, by the way, uh, Anthony Mackie's on the left, on your yeah. left, yeah, and. I just would have loved to have just been in the theater with a bunch of the um, keyboard jockeys <laughs> from the alt-right when Captain America became a black man or mm-hmm. black man became Captain America. And, and I mean, look, you know, it was going to go one way or another. It was going to be Sebastian Stan. It was going to be Anthony Mackie. I think Anthony Mackie as, Fal- as Falcon, he doesn't have the red in his ledger that, uh, that um, Winter Soldier has. I think he's the perfect choice. It'll be interesting to see how he does it without the the super serum, which makes it even more challenging. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, this um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series will be very interesting. People are postulating it could be a, a precursor to the next Captain America movie because it shows yeah. him struggling with this decision and trying to really sort of like live up to the shield. But, um, yeah, so let's go back to that line on your left. Oh man! Big cheer from the audience. Yes. Oh man! We start, we start seeing, we start seeing the Doctor Strange uh, portals. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah, how cool was that? You just we started tearing up. up. Yeah, we did. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. And first time I saw it, yeah. And the fact that you know T'Challa mm-hmm. uh, was one of the first through, and you could uh, and the chant was going, and you could see Wakanda in the background, and you start to uh, then you start to see more and more of the sorcerers. And you know, then Spider Man swings through, and Strange, you know, Strange is obviously uh, going from um, uh, Thanos' home world. So, let me just ask if Strange could do that as soon as Thanos vanished, why didn't he just take everybody back to Earth? Because he knows he would have lost. Yeah, that's true. There was only one way. But he would have got so many of them back to Earth and just saved saved a lot. I I, I mean, look, I know people actually have a... There's people now who are like, oh, we have issue with Captain Marvel just turning up and rescuing Tony Stark. Um, And that's another thing to discuss. Um, But yeah, I just... That to me... I look, I'm the the only other thing I would have thought, and I have had this recurring thought since the um, opening battle in Central Park from... um, Infinity War, hmm. when that big uh, big guy's kicking the crap yep. out of Iron Man, and uh, Wong opens a portal, drops him, and when he tries to jump back through, his arm gets chopped off. Yes, how cool was that? Yeah. Why didn't Doctor Strange just do that in the first place? Oh, lop off that. <laughs> Seriously, put a, create a portal around his arm, lop uh, lop the glove off. Boom, done. I, I, well, I mean, Wong just vanished for the rest of the movie anyway. I mean, you get the same question for Wong. I got one better for you. When um, when Heimdall sent the Hulk to Earth, why didn't he just use his magic to fucking send Thanos and his boys into space? <laughs> yeah, there was exactly. only one way because, as Doctor Strange said, there was only one way. And he well, saw it only seventy-six million or whatever that was. Yeah, well, I also think that if uh, if the MCU had access to a little blue box, this would have movie would have been five minutes long. <laughs> 
Potentially, potentially. Yes. I will say I, I'm very curious how Cap – so how did they – and I apologize. Maybe this was answered 10 movies ago. How did Rocket get the reality stone out of Natalie Portman when Asgardian Magic couldn't do it? But more to that point, how did he turn it into a stone, and then how did they give it back? Did they have to put it back into Natalie Portman, or is it just agreed upon that that is now a completely separate timeline? Because the Captain returned. America put it back into Natalie Portman. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of questions, um, and I think, and unfortunately, look, my first showing I thought it was perfect. Second showing I thought I thought it was, you know, really really enjoyable. Raised, uh, you know, left a lot of plot holes, uh, plot holes, which is understandable. When you're trying to juggle, juggle as much as, sure. as the Russos were trying to do. Um, has it surpassed Infinity War as my and, and indeed, uh, you know, Black Panther, Ragnarok, and Infinity War, my three favorite Marvel films. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not surpassed those because it does. I mean, it was. It, this almost feels like this should have been a three movie arc. Yeah, I think you're right. No, you're right. Um, which would have been ridiculous, and you know we had to wait for next year for for it to really finish off. I think we all would have gone insane. I think the Russos have to be applauded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I would love to see that extra hour of footage that was cut because their first working cut was four hours and two minutes. I heard it was five hours. Was it really? Yeah, even but better. I mean, it's, that's going around. I don't know. I think look, I think Marvel's leaving money on the table if they don't VFX that up. Do a you know, do a you know, re-release uh, that around Christmas time along with a box set version or whatever. That's money on the table. I would go see it. I would go see it. I'd oh, yeah. buy it. I would absolutely buy, buy it. Yeah. Buy it. yeah. So uh, go on. No, I was gonna say. So in, in the um, <clears throat> it, since we're running out of time here, um, I just kind of want to finish up our conversation here. It sounds sounds like the three of us gave this a a, a thumbs up. Um, Steven, not so much, but, uh, you know, with his, his comments are warranted here, though. I will I, say some plot holes, sorry to cut you oh, off, but as we summarize the movie, some, uh, we could, we honestly, I think we could spend a whole other hour talking about this. Oh, yeah. I, I think, think we should do that when the Blu-ray comes out or the digital yeah, edition, it, watch it all again, and maybe we'll watch it all at the same time. That'd be and, great. Oh, that'd be and live record as we're doing it and just pause. Oh, that'd be Write cool. our own commentary. I, like I, don't know if, I don't know. If, I think Steve would pull his hair out. But, um, <laughs> I will say that it's inevitable to have potholes, not only with a movie like this, um, but then you start bringing in time travel and alternate dimensions and whatever. Um, but I don't. If they can be explained away in in a semi coherent way, or if they're small enough to not impact the enjoyment of the movie, then I'm fine with it. I agree. And this is such an achievement, not only as a standalone film, but as a culmination, as Marcus and you were saying, of 20 plus movies, I was going to say years, of 20 plus movies and 10 plus years of storytelling. It's just magnificent. It's just magnificent. And yeah. and the good so, so, so outweighs the bad. Um, all of it. All of it. And I definitely, I didn't talk about this earlier, but I definitely don't agree about the, the Black Widow and, and uh, Hawkeye stuff. I thought that was really great and a nice, a nice sort of end to their forever friendship yeah. so sorry go ahead no no i I've, i that's a great way to great way to bottle this up i think um there's you're right there is so much more that we could talk to about this maybe we will uh, have to do one of those um you know commentary the the lonely tardis takes on avengers endgame which i'd be all, all down for um it 
I love that this this secretly set up a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in the Marvel Universe going forward. I know um, it, I, I will just say this. You get rid of 50% of all life on the planet. When it all comes back instantly and people have learned to live without oh, food stocks, yes. shit's going to go, pardon my French, Man. it's going to go down and it's not going to be easy to control. So that was one thing. I'm so uh, the, glad you mentioned that. The second one was crazy. the yeah. Um, Okoye mentions that uh, Wakanda is dealing with sub-ocean earthquakes, and as we all know, the Wakandans and the Atlanteans and Prince Namor don't see eye to eye in the comic books. I think this is potentially finally yeah. bringing Namor into the MCU, which I would love. So, uh, anyways, it does. It well, we now have the Fantastic Four as well, and he was. I think he's been part of. He's been part of the Fantastic Fantastic yep. Four universe more than anything, which I mean, which I think is why we haven't seen him in any way, shape, or yeah. form. But now, yeah. Fantastic Four and X Men and uh, all the mutants and everybody, yes. Galactus, anybody, mm-hmm. Galactus who's not a cloud of debris. It's it has so many opportunities, so many potentials going forward that it's. Um, it's going to be incredibly exciting to see what, what happens next. I'm so excited. I mean, I, I, even Kevin Feige said that the the actual last movie in this phase wasn't Endgame. It was Spider-Man. Yeah. And I guess it's supposed to, because it tells you what, it's yeah. basically the epilogue to all of yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and then we don't know anything else that's officially been announced. I'm assuming that we'll probably find out around uh, we, uh, I actually Indigo Comic Con. something but. today. Um, that was um, looking at their release dates. Um, Black Widow next year, yeah. Eternals yeah. next year, yeah. and that's the one that Angelina Jolie is and, interested in. Yeah. And the Eternals are obviously, you know, those are the the celestial beings who created the Infinity Stones. Um, and then the year after, they're saying it's um, Black Panther two, Doctor Strange two. And then um, after that, we have the Shang-Chi movie. Yep, Shang-Chi. Um, and that, that, I mean, that was just, you know, it was basically people just, you know, uh, some, of, some of the release dates, I think Doctor Strange 2 is definitely confirmed. There is a Marvel um, date held for February, which is when, uh, uh, in 2021, which is when Black Panther, they think, uh, th- they think would hit. So how about this for my, look, and let's face it, it's not, yep. it's not an episode of The Lonely Tardis if I don't, throw out a what if and by the way i'm really looking forward to the what if animated series on yes. yes yeah me too one what? thing that's also fantastic and possibly is an animal and we got it right but this whole multiverse thing opens up the door for some really cool potential team-ups um in the future with franchises that are not marvel based and i think how would how would the duck and peter porker there you go how are the duck and peter porker Oh man, Doctor Strange and Doctor Who. Let's bring those together. And honestly, they they're done now. But when the dump truck full of money comes up in five or ten years, yep. and they need help in Secret Wars or whatever they do, or Galactus or whatever, it's not going to be that hard to get an alternate reality Tony Stark or Cap, or exactly. Doctor or Doctor Strange and Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. All right. With um, that. So another point I was going to make my my random what if wouldn't it be funny if um, they brought back um, Fantastic Four and offered Chris Evans a shit ton of money to play oh, Johnny God. Storm again? That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And um, Michael B. Jordan at the same. They could both play. <laughs> they we could, could have yeah. Play. We could have two. We could have two Johnny Storms. 
we get a two Johnny Storms played by two key characters in the MCU. The, which the already... snap and the time jump and all that stuff does does uh, open up the storytelling door to eventually yep. bring in mutants and the Fantastic Four. So. Yeah, exactly. With that, let's let's pack this up. You okay. can find us at Lonely Tardis. What's that? Huh? I said, yeah, okay. Okay, find us at Lonely Tardis, lonelytardis.com. The Lonely Tardis Facebook page of a great community over there. You can find us individually. I'm at Dolly Domofsky. Where can we find you, Sean, if at, they want to find you? Yeah, <laughs> at Sean Norton, S-H-A-U-N-N-O-R-T-O-N. Marcus, you want us to find you somewhere? What did Thanos and Nebula have for a snack in Uh-oh. Endgame? Ginger snaps. Ginger <laughs> You can find him on uh, dadjokes.com. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. Sorry. Um, yes, you can find me on on Twitter, Annoyed Gamer. Uh, but yes. Was... Oh, because he snapped his fingers. Uh, he snapped his fingers and she's a ginge. And you can find Steven Strom at Steven Strom and then over, he's over at Facebook. You could have a find Steven Strom as Steven Stroppy. Oh, goodness. And with that, he's so bad. we hope you have a snappy rest of the evening. We'll see you guys in the next lonely TARDIS. Isn't that like the Switch sound? Every time Nintendo does that snap, like a uh, a good game disappears. Every time they do that snap, uh, Metroid Prime 4 gets delayed another year. <laughs> Thanos is running Nintendo. Oh, you've never seen Thanos and Reggie in the same room.